0: Just like that, final hours here. Wednesday edition. Hot Mike with row, Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chad, I'll be honest. I uh, coming in today. I'm thinking a week ago today we were headed into a long weekend. Are you bummed about this?
1: Uh, yeah, a little bit. However, you your weekend starts like, tomorrow. Man, yeah. Weekend for us on this show always starts on a Thursday. But I'm thinking
0: those three day work weeks aren't so bad. Yeah, not not in the fall, not in football, uh, especially for people like our next guest, Cynthia Freeland joins us and. Always crushing the coverage uh, with, with the numbers, the analytics, and on all of the pregame coverage uh, on NFL Network. It's never so, a
1: three-day work week. No, for Cynthia. no, no, no. Even on Thanksgiving week, it probably wasn't a three-day. Packing three, day in three work days week.
0: in one day, though, as it's uh, the schedule. Cynthia, good to see you. Hope things are well.
2: Happy, happy post-Thanksgiving. I'm still full <laughs> and still working. You know, it works out that way. It
0: does. <laughs> hey, numbers, numbers are through the roof. I get it. The ratings are awesome. Offense numbers, no, uh, and I, I, I hear the oh, they're not hitting as much in the offseason, they're not practicing as much. 2021, the same rules were in effect, and there were a lot of points scored. Last year, more points scored. This year, not so much. And it's been that way since week one on. Can you give us a couple of lanes we can go down to try to figure out why that's the case? And is this going to be kind of the the norm now? Or is this just uh, an offset season for the National Football League?
2: Well, you're always going to have the pendulum swinging between offense and defense. So once we kind of see what, you know, happens in college and then trickles to the NFL, then defensive coordinators get a chance to adjust. I think we're partly in one of those pendulums where the defense now has a bit of an advantage because we're really used to more like RPOs. And then you're seeing like colleges playing a lot less man coverage. So, or I'm sorry, a lot less zone coverage. So these quarterbacks coming to the NFL They're used to man, they're not used to zone. So you have some, some kind of tricks that are, you know, uh, an effect of more players from college coming to the NFL. Second, you have very young, maybe they don't need to be young in terms of age, but inexperienced play callers. So less, less guys. So if you look at the combination of people who either have a quarterback that has played less than 25 games or a play caller that has called less than 25 games. It's the most we've seen. I only looked, went back 10 seasons. I'm sure it's actually even longer than that because the trend 10 seasons ago was actually more like play callers who've done it forever and ever and ever and then finally get a chance. So you're, you're kind of seeing the confluence of all of those things. Plus you have to remember at the college level as well, all the NIL deals hit hit now. So you have people staying in college for like a different amount of time and viewing their college experience a lot differently than they did even five seasons ago. So, you know, you're playing, look at Spencer Rattler, if you're looking in the college ranks right now, right? That kid's played everywhere. So yeah. you're moving around a lot more too and not really learning as much as you used to.
1: And I know a lot of your analysis, Cynthia centers around the quarterback position, A former quarterback, Tom Brady, had a lot to say about the game just being sloppy and it's not a lot of good football being played. And he pointed back to college also, which you're kind of hinting at here as well. Um, Is that an issue that you see, a lack of continuity in terms of development of quarterback? We've seen it in the past, really the last 10 years for offensive linemen. A lot of times, a lot of spread offenses in, in college football. Is that an issue now with the quarterback position when you see guys entering the league?
2: I think we're in a bubble and I think that bubble is burst. Right. So you're getting the, the, the fact that all those NIL deals, like that was pent up and it was, you know, I'm going to use the word wrong. Right. I don't know if the system we have now is right, but it's wrong from the standpoint of like, they were now like, before it was like overly punitive, what the NCAA did. Now it may be overly non-punitive, right. Overly too much. I don't know. It's, it's, I would not be able to be a college coach and have to re-recruit my guys every year, but you're kind of seeing this, like it will even out, right? Like eventually we're going to get to this homeostasis. It just was pent up kind of demand for this to change. And I think you're seeing the effects of it, but I I don't think it's going to last for very long. I think it's now how the people who are the next generation of coaches when, you know, unfortunately, You know, we're almost to that time of year where people switch their coaches and we'll see people who are more attuned to handling the guys coming out of college, especially at the quarterback position.
0: Cynthia Freeland, our guest, give us some uh, of you from your perspective, the biggest surprises coming into the season versus where they are now team wise Mm -hmm. on just win and, and loss total.
2: Well, I'm going to start with a disappointing one. I mean, look, injuries are a huge deal in football always, and your ability to overcome them is always everything. But, you know, the fact that right now, like the Falcons and probably Saints, one of the two will be in the playoffs and the Bills won't be like, yeah. that is what me with, with the amount of talent that the Bills offense has and defense, but the defense obviously is really banged up. So it's just wild to me, like this fall from kind of grace without their and, and still have their quarterback, right? Like you, the Bengals, you're kind of like, well, I mean, there's no Joe Burrow, so okay, right? Like you know, other other teams are like that, so that one's kind of been like a, a a sad surprise. I want to see better play, kind of top to bottom, but you know, that it is what it is, right? And then you know, in the AFC, obviously the Texans. You know, I I yeah. don't know if anyone's expecting. Obviously, you know, you pick twice in the first three you're going to have some changes on the team and they acknowledge that it's not where they needed to be. And you're playing a fourth place schedule, which I know people are like, Oh, it's not that different. Oh yeah. No, it actually is different. Three unique games against fourth place teams in other conferences or other divisions is a big deal. So you know, I, I really do think though that CJ Stroud's development has been really remarkable. And it's a big testament to everything they're doing there. I mean, they brought in like from Bobby Slowick to uh, Gerard Johnson, like they brought in the right sort of people to make this particular quarterback fit. Remember all those things like at the draft where, you know, he didn't do well on some like, oh, test. yeah,
1: the so, S1 like, or the S2 or something? It was, one, it was something like that, right?
2: Letter and number, combination cognitive open. test. Yeah. So, I think that test might be a little flawed, you know?
0: It <laughs> well, tests the defense is facing him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you watch,
1: I'm, I'm all into the hard knocks in season now with Mike McDaniel and absolutely love the guy and his uh, hilarious. Could be a stand-up comic uh, watching him on there. And I'm rooting for him. And I watch that offense and you see all the speed. And there are the metrics there where the screen pass that Tyreek Hill caught, he reached over 22 miles per hour. That's the fastest anyone the NFL has run all year. And they got fast guys all over the place. How much of their success on offense is simply the speed they possess and that a lot of offensive coordinators could do a lot with that offense? How much of it, Cynthia, is kind of the perfect marriage of Mike McDaniel, what he does well with that speed in Miami?
2: I think it's probably the second half because... I understand that like you can't teach speed or whatever that cliche is but you know you can coach the opportunities created by that speed and just because someone has speed i mean john ross was like a darling of the combine i mean that guy ran a blazing fast 40 ended up getting drafted in the first round because of it but then they they couldn't coach that speed into being top-notch and figuring out all the different ways to use it and now I'm seeing Tyreek Hill being used all across the formation. I saw him catch a screen pass. He's being used behind the line of scrimmage, like new things, wrinkles and folds, and abilities to kind of trick defenses and, you know, make best use of that speed. But speed alone, I mean, Jalen Waddle fast, you know, they're all fast. They really are. And it's more, it's just funny. It's funny when you see it, like Kyron, I'm in in Los Angeles, right? So Kyron Williams, he ran a 4.640. And you do sometimes see him get chased when he, breaks those plus 10 yard runs and he's like he gets chased from behind but he still earned you like 18 19 yards and obviously a first down so like is it really that bad I mean obviously it'd be great to break down for the touchdown but like you could probably just do that same thing again right I mean something similar right I guess my point is is I I give more credit to what Mike McDaniel is doing because you know remember we used to not think Tua could throw deep right he's hilarious, right? And it's the quick throws and figuring out how to keep away from pressure and their O line being healthier. You know, all these things actually matter.
0: So if we just had a blank sheet of the numbers of the Kansas City Chiefs last year and numbers this year, how how different would those pages look based on the numbers that you evaluate offensively?
2: Well, the the first thing is you got to acknowledge the defense. This year their it's, defense yes. really fast. Usually a Steve Spagnolo defense. Usually it takes like, I don't know, 10 weeks
0: around this time.
2: Exactly. And that happened a lot quicker. That will change a lot of your abilities on offense. Now, the thing we didn't see in the beginning of the year that we're starting to see was really leveraging the running back position. I mean, it's just two games now where Isaiah Pacheco had 20 touches. I know they have more than one running back, but they weren't really relying on the run game. And then you see it's it's no coincidence that in the same game that Rasheed Rice, like really figures out that like crossers actually work against a reeling uh, Raiders defense that, I mean, they cut Marcus Peters. They were missing one of their safeties. Like, uh, you know, they figured out some stuff and they just kept going to it. It was, a, it was literally a crossing route. Like it's, it, it's a 39 yard touchdown that he did all the work for. Right. So the point is, is they weren't taking the easy stuff when it was there. And then they were forcing these like crazy passes that you know, weren't being caught and, and they're, it's not that different, you know, it's, it's marginally different from last season. And I think actually in many ways, the O lines played better. I know that their right tackle gets a lot of penalties called on him. He's, he's gotten better in recent weeks, but they're doing a better job of protecting Patrick Mahomes. And now that the run game seems to be kind of coming into place, I think we're going to see a bigger development in terms of like, you know, the actual points per game.
0: I'm trying to remember that. I don't think the the finish to their schedule is all that brutal. Baltimore's is uh Jacksonville, they're playing the first place schedule because they won the south last year. Uh as we begin the, the 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 path towards the playoffs and it's wide open right now for the AFC's number 1 seed. Where does it set up well for these franchises and who do you look to to really take that next step at the very top in order to claim that spot?
2: Well, I'm curious with the Ravens now in this, I am assuming interim period until Mark Andrews comes back. We haven't heard anything to the contrary. So a couple more weeks, maybe three, four, you know, he's, he said, they said four weeks, whatever. So yeah. a couple more. I'm curious if they can keep the pass catching game strong. I mean, you saw Zay flowers on that game winning touchdown. That was a handoff. That was a run play. And I, think that if you're going to be in the AFC, which is so much more difficult than the NFC, you really have to make sure that your pass catching game is on point. So, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. is having a a good season, but he's not inspiring the kind of fear that he used to. So can they get just a little more push from those pass catchers until Mark Andrews comes back and that would set them up really well, kind of going into the playoffs because they've got a great defense this year. You're not going to go very far if your defense isn't good. This this is a you, you we brought it all the way back to what we first were talking about. But your defense actually matters this year, maybe even more than it has in probably three four seasons.
0: In the NFC, we get Philadelphia, San Francisco. They match up this week. I want to buy into Dallas. I really do. I've been really hesitant on it though. Um, should I? Are you?
2: I I mean I guess more so than in some recent seasons uh i i would like to see i'm con, i'm I'm going to be interested to see how they can stop the run consistently meaning i i know they've got great they're really good duron bland is like absolutely insane. Like insane right so that's great but the the hardest part is if you're playing from behind and you're giving up a bunch of rushing yards it's going to be really hard to dig yourself out of that hole so I would like to see a little more consistency. Obviously they're missing some pe- they're bringing in people. They're, they're interviewing guys who are on the couch right now that are potentially going to come back and help them specifically in the running, because I'm not worried about them. I mean, Micah Parsons is ridiculous and <laughs> it's going to be fun to see how great this defense can be w- against passing situations, but flip the script a little bit and make sure you can stop the run as well.
1: Not a great Monday night football experience for Josh Dobbs uh, with four (laughs) interceptions and a bad loss for the Vikings. Uh, But they're getting Justin Jefferson back. Uh, Still no announcement yet on who the starting quarterback will be. Uh, But let's say it's Josh Dobbs. Have you seen enough from him? And now you pair that with the return of Justin Jefferson to think that maybe there's a chance this could be a playoff team. Or have you seen enough in the other direction uh, with Monday night being one of them to say, probably not going to happen.
2: You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Nick Mullins, if I'm honest. Uh, They they love Nick Mullins. I know, you know, that whole pedigree coming from the Shanahan, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Nick Mullins. Now, I love Josh. Let me be clear. I love his story. I love all of it. This guy has tried so hard. I I my heart broke for him. Like, I did not want him to turn the ball over that many times. Obviously, like it's not a good game to watch. But I I think that I would imagine the Justin Jefferson situation. And by the way, that just shows you what kind of guy Justin Jefferson is like coming back. And he like, he, he could be like a diva and not want to get hurt. Right. Instead he's sitting there being like, Hey, like, this is my team. We're going to do it. So, you know, I, I have, I, I think that my, uh, Miami Minnesota is going to go the way of luck, meaning they've had last year, they had all that luck winning those one possession games. And like one little, you know, dropped pass here or there, was actually going Their way this year, the noise has kind of gone back, right? Like we talk about like things like going to the mean, right? Well, their luck kind of has reverted to the mean. So I I think that if they can just kind of get that run game to be solidified just a little bit more, so they're not asking so much of whoever's throwing the ball. And, and by the way, it's always easier to run if you have to worry about defending Justin Jefferson and, by the way, Jordan Addison, who has really taken a huge step forward, and TJ Hawkinson, of course.
0: And just don't overthrow him for a 50-yard-plus touchdown, and that'll that'll help. Uh, but he did have the touchdown
1: pass, though. He did have the drive did, to at least did. take the lead with five minutes left, which I, I was uh, somewhat happy about.
0: Cynthia, uh, 30 seconds here or so. Uh, best dressed on NFL game day for NFL Network. They, uh, on social, you're always posting with one of the – one of the co-hosts who is the most consistent with the fit
2: i mean michael irvin because mostly because he's like it, it always has some sort of meaning like michael plays like that he's not super smart like he kind of plays like this fun guy but everything has like hidden meaning and like every like little shape on every in his pocket square and everything has all of the meaning in the world I'll, and I do have to give like a nice little hat tip there to Gerald McCoy too, because that guy brings okay. the ice. His he is he is iced out like always. Like that Rolex with all the diamonds on it. I'm like, if you if this isn't there when I leave, it's too, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, always great to to have you on. Thanks for the time today, and hopefully we can do this soon as we get to the uh, the end of December and the playoffs are just around the corner.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: absolutely. There's uh, Cynthia Freeland, NFL Network analytics expert and. Uh, check out all of the great coverage. Possible jewel thief Network. also,
1: as we just learned.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. If, that, if that watch is Hard around. to hide that watch, yeah. uh, for sure. Coming up, NFL coaching hot seats. Schefter's saying seven to ten openings. We'll give our top five hottest
3: seats right now, going into week 13. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user friendly platform puts you in control.
0: Our thanks to Cynthia Freeland for joining us. Always great to catch up with her. She's always good. Uh, Mike, with Hudding, with our rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, you've got uh, the uh, some of the NFL reports just coming out today. Um, couple, so let's start with Bill Belichick. There is a uh, Patriots insider. I'm clicking on this now to get my internet to work. I had to turn it on. Patriot off. insider. So it's Ben Volen, who's with the Boston Globe. And he's, uh, he put out the report that, um, he, he had been told through two sources within the Patriots organization or close to the Patriots front office, however he worded it, um, my guess is it's, it's gotta be one of the crafts, either Robert Kraft or Jonathan Kraft and someone else that Mike Vrabel would be the, the dream candidate, right? The home run hire is what he put out. He also had the, uh, post about it's pretty important that Belichick go win um, in Germany. In Germany, yeah. And that didn't happen. Lost to the Colts. Well, he's got this too, where he's now mentioning other spots for Belichick next year. How about this? Belichick, he's, we we know he's been connected to the commanders. We've hit that. I've thrown out the, the Chargers as well, and just the rumor mill. Um, Volan's now mentioning the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that's ridiculous. As a spot. (laughs) How about that?
1: There we heard from uh, Bill Belichick commenting on it saying, yeah, that's ridiculous. And Um, so,
0: when he said that uh, earlier this week, that was in response when he was asked, uh, have you already contemplated your landing spot based on the rumors that are out there? And he said, that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. We're going to get into our our hot seat. The NFC South, the Atlanta Falcons currently are in first place via tiebreaker. And Arthur Smith is on the hot seat and may be
0: on his way out. And now there's reports that Bill Belichick may be on his way into Atlanta. And now you have the NFL insiders, quote unquote. And this is to me, and it's a layup that this could be the year Harbaugh jumps to the NFL. That's now back in a cyclical fashion. It's here it is again for the third consecutive season. Chad, he's having to answer questions going into the Big Ten championship game about whether or not he's going to be there long term.
1: I've seen Carolina. Which, by the way, to and me, like David Tepper with Jim Harbaugh, I, <laughs> just seems like a match made in hell, but perfect for each other. But I feel like I Car- think both
0: those guys be perfect for each other. So I feel like Carolina though would have it's probably so crazy it'll work. But I, Carolina had a job opening, and they were after Sean Payton. They certainly would have kicked the tires on Jim Harbaugh. I think it's going to be another team, maybe like Chicago. To me, that also fits.
1: Yeah, could he, I, I think? I think he's likely gone somewhere at the end of the year. Another bit of news: yep. Riley Leonard from Duke has entered the transfer portal, and it is being reported by multiple outlets. It's Notre Dame. So this wow. is now would be a second straight year that Notre Dame is going to go to a small, academically elite college in the ACC in the state of North Carolina to pluck their quarterback away and bring them to Notre Dame. Sam Hartman, uh, mixed reviews this year for the Irish in his one season there. So it's an interesting strategy. Riley Leonard and guys like, they're going to be there every year in the portal. Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. Yes. Going to be a great addition for someone. Matt Rule said in a press conference today it's going to cost you one, $1.5, upwards of $2 million for one year for a transfer portal quor- quarterback. A top guy.
0: And are they worth it? Not, not not hang on not the price I'm saying like for the one year just if it's a slam dunk no brainer I'm, I'm, here's I'm, the are those scenario. guys there though is what I mean I don't know if they are well here's the scenario I threw out so let's say it's
1: um Grayson McCall KJ Jefferson all right another one that entered from Arkansas let's say you're Matt Rule you can get KJ Jefferson and you think with guys you have coming back yeah with JUCO guys coming in with other transfers. KJ Jefferson can make the Nebraska offense functional and you can go from five and seven to seven and five or eight and four. If you had everyone in a 90000 seat Memorial Stadium give $20 at the gate during one game, yeah. that is $1.8 million. Is it worth it to pay him $1.8 million to come in and play quarterback if he makes it through a season and that is a result? I think every Nebraska fan would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Oh, especially after what they watched. They haven't yeah. been to a bowl game since 2016, so I think they would sign up for it. Now, there's no guarantee, though. Like, you bring in these guys, and there's no guarantee you're going to have the success
0: that you want. Right.
1: And again, success in Nebraska next year is a bowl game.
0: It is very much mean, bowl or bust for them uh, next year. I mean, to me, the guys that are in the portal, guys like Leary, at, yeah, you know, at Kentucky, Who was one it, of the top guys last year, right? But like, is that is that value? worth the effort for that one year and then you're back in doing it again right like that that's where I I think it's we mentioned the buyouts and how you're guaranteed certain money to fail you're just looking to stay alive for another season yeah year to year the Pittman's doing that by bringing in um former coach at Arkansas Bob Petrino Petrino, thank you well, I mean, look, it's just it's year to year now instead of developing the guy. Yeah, it,
1: it's it's different strategies. And I, the players also I would, also a part I would of this. never ever want to be in the business of uh, Marcus Freeman, you know, we'll see what happens. But I would not want to be in the business of every year a different transfer quarterback. I know. For
0: one year. I like, agree. Do,
1: stop renting and buy. So right? you're you, at
0: this point you're renting. But sometimes you have to because the quarterback's leaving. They're entering the portal just to see what they can get. Yeah. You know. Well,
1: but you don't have the to be—you don't have to be the one to take them. My point is, you can recruit a top quarterback, develop them, make sure they're happy, make sure they're getting NIL at your school, and then have them play for you for two or three years, and it's your guy, as opposed yeah. to the rental. Let's pay a guy one one point two million to come in here for one year and try to save us, and then every year it's a new quarterback getting the system, getting acclimated to the players, everything in a one year boomer bus scenario. I, that's not the way to ultimately
0: go about it. You got to recruit a guy at some point out of high school. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, if you're Washington or Oregon, you're saying, hey, it's worked. But it's worked for Oregon. Why?
1: Bo Nix, this is not a one-year thing. I mean, he's been there three years. So he's done very well. He's a, He may be the Heisman winner this year. Jaden Daniels, two years. I, I'm talking about this fourth, fifth-year guy who comes in for a year. To be your savior. If you're going to take a guy that's a freshman or who, you know, he's got three years of eligibility, they're going to start for two or three years. Yeah. I'm talking about the one year rent a player scenario
0: that we've seen now at Notre Dame for multiple years. Chad, um, we're not going to see many of these NFL coaches uh, at their current spot for multiple years. We've got the NFL hot seat discussion here. We've listed our top five. And I think. Every name in my top five is going to be either with another team, I'll say the, the name on this list later, or just on the outs coordinating somewhere uh, a year from now. Number five on my list for the hottest seat is Dennis Allen in New Orleans. You are handed another season, and you also have Derek Carr. You have Alvin Kamara, who's suspended, what, the first three games of the season? But beyond that, you have talent. Alave's back. Uh, certainly at receiver, you should be able to spin it. Defensively, one of the best scoring defenses last year and came back this year and they've been fine. This should be a winning season. And right now, they're a part of a losing division. It doesn't really matter who wins. They're one and done in the postseason. Allen's out. And he's number five on the Honda seat because, I mean, it's hot, but I don't think it's so hot that he's getting fired midseason.
1: Yeah, of all the teams in the NFC South, I feel like New Orleans and one other one that I'm going to mention has the right to be the most disappointed. The way the season has gone based on who they have on the roster
0: and their and expectations, yeah. right? And their opponents. Yeah. Number Am I five go- for you?
1: Am I going now number yeah. five? Okay. I'm going to stay in the division. Todd Bowles uh, with Tampa. Uh, it, it's not been good. Baker Mayfield, decent start, not going well. We're going to get into this division some more, but I think this is one that it's pretty clear the Tom Brady bump obviously helped, right? Yes. And then the Tom Brady disappointing year didn't help. And there's not been the bump back up for Todd Bowles that you want to see. I don't see the direction of this team heading in the right way. I think the powers that be in Tampa are going to see it the same way. Hutton, if it's what Adam Schefter
0: said, seven to 10 coaching changes, yeah, he's one this of them. is
1: going to be one of them. So, so I'm
0: putting him fifth on the list. I don't have him in my top five. Uh, we had the discussion, though, uh, was it early last week, about whether or not we'd see more than seven coaches fired. And I took the under, because normally guys just keep their gig for another year. I think bulls could, just based on the one-year experiment at quarterback uh, that we've seen. But again, divisional play, Winnable based on that, Chad. I think right now I would lean more than a fifty percent chance he's he's out. Uh, number four for me, Bill Belichick. Again, just I think this is already done. I think there's a parting of ways. You just the tone and tenor of the organization tells you that Belichick's not brr, back. Brr, brr, brr. And That's what we hear from Belichick, he's not going anywhere uh, until after the season. Brr, Bill Belichick's brr, brr. out, and it's been a disaster over the last two years. It appeared as though the rookie year of Mac Jones was on the path of future success went to the postseason. uh, based on the alternate, uh, where no one's wanting to play in the pro bowl. Mac Jones was a pro bowler that year. And again, uh, actually put up numbers that didn't have us using Mac Jones as the quarterback. We don't want to watch anymore. If we we're having that discussion, it's turned into that and it's because of his head coach and how they treated the situation a year ago. And Bill O'Brien is just sitting around waiting in new England.
1: So number four on my list, staying in the NFC South for me, Dennis Allen with the Saints. I didn't think the Saints were great coming into the season, but I thought they were the team that was clearly going to win the NFC South. They could still win that division, but it's been way too much of a struggle now for for Dennis Allen. So I'm putting him higher on the list than Todd Bowles for that reason. Expectation higher for the Saints coming into the season than what the expectations were in Tampa. Give me Dennis Allen at number four.
0: Number three for me, Chad, uh, Ron Rivera. And this comes down to what Josh Harris said prior to the season. Nice guy. He had a chance to catch up with Ron Rivera. Really likes what he's done and overcame despite all of the hurdles and mountains, really, that he went through with all the distraction with Daniel Snyder and everything else within the organization. But Harris also added, it ultimately, though, is was about wins and losses. And while they win just enough to have a mid-round or mid-tier first-round pick. Um, I'm looking at what they have, and it's not enough to get to the postseason. Commanders, they keep falling in the standings. He's going to fall out of the coaching job there in Washington. Number three for me, Matt
1: Eberflus with Chicago. Yeah. What a bad situation. Good win for them on Monday Night Football in Minnesota, but Alan Williams, a defensive coordinator, still don't know what all is going on with that. You got other issues going on. It's a team trying to move into a new stadium. They need a fresh start badly, regardless of how much of the blame belongs to Eberflus versus Justin Fields versus Ryan Poles versus ownership. I don't care. Yeah, they got to change. They have two first round picks. It starts with the head coach. That they need a fresh approach. They need a new everything with the Bears. Matt Iberflus, I believe, absolutely gone, but third on my hot seat list.
0: Yeah, I man, yeah, you can put up the, the next two for us because I think they're very similar because I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I've got Iberflus right ahead at number two for me, and you've got Rivera number two for you, I believe. Yeah, for all the reasons you uh, mentioned. Number one, shall we just say this in unison? It's Give Brandon a, Staley. A drum drum beat. It's Brandon Staley. Yeah, it's the guy
1: that's going off the reporters after games uh, that suddenly we know what his voice sounds like because he's angry about his defense being questioned. He's gone.
0: They are 30-30 and overall since they drafted, the Chargers drafted Justin Herbert. In those 60 games, the Chargers have scored 1,508 points. They have given up defensively 1,507 points. With Justin Herbert, they have scored exactly one more point than they have allowed since he was drafted in 2020. This was the put-up-or-shut-up year, and right now... They're four and seven, dead last in the AFC West in a division where the Broncos were one and five. They're dead last in the AFC West. He's a dead man walking. I don't think he even survives the season once they falter again, uh, which will happen uh, despite, I think, a great quarterback in, in Justin Herbert.
1: Hey, the one reason he's number one on my list is because of the quarterback.
0: Yeah. Let's go through the rest of our teams.
1: Matt Ibraflus, Justin Fields. Ron Rivera has Sam Howell. Bill Belichick, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Dennis Allen, Derek Carr. Uh, let's see. Todd Bowles has Baker Mayfield. This guy's getting nothing done with what who everyone universally agrees is one of the top young quarterbacks in the NFL. Got to go. Second highest paid player in the league. He's got to go. And he
0: will. Talking about a need for a fresh approach.
1: It's... Staley out for the Chargers.
0: And so this is where the rumor mill really begins because I think Belichick is coaching next year. I don't think he's out of the mix and just throwing in the well, towel.
1: Get, get a good offensive coordinator. I, I would hesitate to hire Bill Belichick with okay. the Chargers unless I know his Go offensive plan. Go get Josh plan. McDaniels
0: and pair him with... Uh,
1: I got to know his plan and I got I to get Justin Herbert to sign off on it, whoever that offensive coordinator is. I'm fine with it Could
0: if it's right, OC. Plenty of open, openings, potentially. We didn't mention uh, what's going to happen with the Raiders. They've already got their opening. Details next. Glad you're with us throughout today's show. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network daily. Weekdays, uh, 3 to 6 Eastern. If you missed portions of it, you can go back and uh, find it on YouTube. Streaming live at OutKick.com as well. Jet, uh, I, when you hear the name David Shaw, what do you think of? I think that it's a guy that's
1: long been rumored for an NFL job
0: when he was at Stanford. I think NFL. That was
1: always the out. Was, well, he's going to go to the NFL. He's not going to leave for another program. He's going to go to the NFL. And he
0: eventually stayed around Stanford long enough to get fired. Um, is it weird that I think Commissioner level. Yeah. No. Like a college I, I football status. Like if we're going, if we're headed into an era where each sport's going to have a commissioner type person, I don't know. It's just the perception of him more than it is. No know, knowing him. Right. Like behind the scenes. Yeah. But very well-respected, very intelligent right. guy, very even killed. and fair. Methodical I feel like about how he goes about his business. Fair, yeah. And we've had him on the show before. He's
1: not emotional.
0: Right. Um, and I feel like he's very, even, you know, independent thinker, yeah, fair. Um, to me, he would be one of those that, and it's a very short list of who we could throw the leadership of college sports can't even throw out a list of names right now. And I'm not sure you would want that gig, but that's where we're headed. And I, you know, he's being mentioned for like, could the Raiders go after him, for instance? Um, I mean. That would be an about face for what we're seeing right now, uh, with uh, with Davis and how the report is that we're seeing it, that the, the the locker room is running the organization currently. Like they, they, it's just been the the players are just doing whatever just, they want. There
1: it would be, and not this is not to disparage David Shaw at all, but it's weird to go to David Shaw now after he's yep. been after it went south at Stanford. It's just a. It'd be an odd time. It the would Broncos be like, interviewed him last year. It'd be like the biggest job in America coming open and everyone clamoring for Matt Campbell
0: right now, well, as opposed to Matt Campbell four years ago. Isn't it, though? like, So I think this is a sign to what I've, I'm pointing to. I don't know of the candidate list and how deep it is for some of these owners now. You know, Shaw was interviewed for the Broncos head coaching gig last year. They, you know, ended up with Sean Payton. Um... But if you're if we're going to have seven to ten openings, where are you looking to? There's a, there are young coordinators across the league that yeah. will that will be interviewed. There's
1: also the Dan Campbell's. There's the uh, uh, John Harbaugh's, right. who had never called. He was a special teams guy, right? But had never been an offensive or defensive coordinator. I, I think there are plenty of guys like that that you can go find. Gerard Mayo before he's a coordinator
0: He'll be was the one mix. that was rumored right. to be in the mix everywhere. Right, so. I but for every one of I those, I don't know hits, that I buy that. But for those hits, you end up with a list of seven to ten openings, right? Of guys that are either retreads or they were coordinators that are not head coaching material, like Matt Eberflus. Well, I'm trying
1: to think of the retread that's even worthy of another go. Bill Belichick. Belichick. Yeah. Um, but who's someone else that was fired recently that's maybe out of it right now? I mean, you to hire Rex Ryan. To come back into coaching and be your head coach, yeah. I, I don't know who that person is.
0: Well, it would—that's your clamoring to get back into the game. I, we haven't heard from this guy, Brian Flores, and that lawsuit that's still ongoing. He's the defensive coordinator in Minnesota. Um, if they make a playoff push, it's going to be because of the defense. Yeah, and it's a more aggressive style.
1: Yeah, Flores is a good example. Now he's currently suing the NFL. Right, that's still going on. But right? he's
0: employed by a team in the by an owner who he's suing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if it actually is 7 to 10 openings.
1: Would he drop the lawsuit if he got hired?
0: What if an NFL owner said, we'll hire you, but you got to well, drop the lawsuit? It may, well, I mean, who knows what he, would, what he would do. I don't know why you would do it now and, and settle for that based well, on— Well, if you want to be a head coach. You've been st- but but, no, but like, he, hey, we're, But he has been.
1: We're going to show you we're not racist. We want to hire you. Yeah, but, but um, let's
0: drop the lawsuit. But the lawsuit is he was fired due to being the head coach in Miami. Yeah. I mean, he was hired, too. He's a, the D.C. who He was with Tomlin last year, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was in Pittsburgh.
0: Chad, um, Bradley Cooper, what, what magazine was it um, where it's like stars, they're just like us? There was that section in the – was it Us Weekly or something? with all of our girlfriends. I'm not familiar with Us Weekly. Girlfriends so I'm not, I'm in high not sure. school would have. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. Or their moms would have.
1: When I was in high school, all the rage was Prince William when he was single. So it's been a while. Mm-hmm. I've been out of the tabloid game for a while.
0: Uh, look up how many names Prince William has because he. I remember the wedding where they're naming.
1: It's like when they introduce someone on in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Slayer of Dragons. Like
0: first of his name. Louis, Richard, blah, blah, blah. Prince of Wales. Um, Bradley Cooper's telling Howard Stern, he's like, I'll, I will take... The Eagles winning, winning it all over an Oscar, hands down. He goes, maybe I'm sick, but I'm taking my team over personal achievement. That sounds like an SEC fan in any town right now. And it's a Philly fan.
1: That's a Philly sports fan. And but, people that are surprised that's a by college, that.
0: That's a college mindset.
1: Yeah, and I know Howard Stern said, oh, you're lying. You'd rather have an Academy Award. I- I'm telling you. Howard Stern does not understand sports or fandom in sports, so he can't understand that. I I totally get it with Bradley Cooper, and I totally believe him. Bradley Cooper's one of those actors that I will forever love and have a man crush on because right out of the gates when I first saw him was in some of my favorite comedies of all time. Mm. He was Sack, the bad guy, in Wedding Crashers, and hilarious in that role, and then he was in The Hangover. Mm-hmm. and the hangover trilogy and it was limitless terrific limitless is not a, good a comedy movie, but but i mean like the first two out of the game i didn't watch him he was on a, a soap opera at one point didn't watch him on days of our lives or wherever was. you were watching
0: passions instead
1: yeah i'm a huge general hospital guy actually get it right i watched right. it with my nana general hospital every day after elementary school passions uh, passions a uh, short-lived one, I think. <laughs> there was a witch on that one? Yeah.
0: yeah it, I think all incorporated a witch at some point. Be sick out of school and passions would be on. Bradley DC. Cooper, though, had
1: such a good run. Right out of the gates that I will forever love him. And it, he could do anything else that I don't like, and it's not going to matter. He's been in other good stuff, too. Um, Silver Linings Playbook, where he's a huge Eagles fan, is a good example. So, love Bradley Cooper. Love him. See him in the suite with uh, Jeffrey Lurie. And the, the Eagles ownership, terrific. I spotted it right away. Before they even, like, highlighted him.
0: Yeah. They, they
1: shot up to the box. That's, that's Bradley Cooper right there
0: next to the owner. Transfer portal. Uh, just hitting this again. It's going to be busy. It's going to be crazy. We knew that. Chad, I think that is part... Uh, there are a lot of factors. I think the portal, if we're going to go back to when NIL was just wide open, July 2021... A lot of the excuses are, oh, they're, you know, they're staying because of NIL money or, you know, they're moving around or whatever. I think it's mainly due to the quarterback spot and offensive line, but offensive line we don't see a ton of movement, right? You have to develop those guys in your system. And yeah. by and large, you're loyal to your O line coach and the program you go to is more or less with your mentality and your identity. You're going to Nebraska as an O lineman for a reason. Uh, same could be said for Michigan versus Ohio State, right? Um I think all the movement within systems and all the coaching just carousels that that we see, I, I think that in large part is due to the lack of development we're seeing from the quarterbacks that then enter the league. And then they just kind of plateau and they struggle picking up on things. And it's unless you're the elite category where Trevor Lawrence right now has – the Jags going for the number one overall seed and things didn't go well for him in year one with Urban Meyer, he had to switch things. But you've got, uh, I mean, Bryce Young, right right now, he's on his third offensive play caller. Right now. Yeah, not helping him. I think that, and he's not a transfer guy. But I I think we're seeing that in college and it leads to a a lack of just, system guy is viewed as a bad thing. But I don't know if there are a lot of guys that can just plug and play in a system in the NFL currently.
1: Well, what I don't understand is if it's like a one-time, you've got a hole in the system. What I mean by that is you have not developed a quarterback that is the clear heir apparent for your program and your offense. And you say, hey, we got a guy we got coming in, but we don't want to start him as a true freshman. We need a plug and play guy right away. Good. Yeah. Go find the top guy and pay him $1.5 million or whatever to come in and... Give you an eight and four season, let's say, or nine and three if you're a good program, right? Go ahead and do that. I don't understand building an entire program around a quarterback a year every year. This is the John Calipari five and dive, bring in five guys who are going to come in and go immediately to the NBA after this and get a bunch of one and duns. There's a law of diminishing returns with that. You have to have a program and you got to develop quarterbacks within that program. Another example is when the guy that's really good in college goes somewhere that makes no sense. Spencer Sanders comes to mind. Remember him? Yes. He was terrific at Oklahoma State, and I see him entering the Egg Bowl because Jackson Dart is banged up and makes a couple plays, and I said, man, Spencer Sanders could have been a a big name around college football had he chosen the right opportunity. So if you are one of these $1 to $2 million, which Matt Rule claimed, 1, 1.5 or 2 is the going rate, for a top transfer quarterback. If you're one of those guys, choose wisely. And if you're one of these programs, choose wisely. You don't want to recycle through this every year. You have to be developing the next guy as you bring in the intermittent guy that's going to start for you in that given season. And there's too much of this uh, program that seems like they're just going to go to the portal to get their quarterback. I'll give you another example. Spencer Rattler declares for the NFL draft today. What's the number one rumor for KJ Jefferson? Immediately, he's going to South Carolina. So, so are you going to build your program around guys at bigger, at other programs that transfer in? I don't know that that's the way but, to go. But full think time.
0: about even uh, those guys are just average quarterbacks, right? Think about the top tier quarterbacks in college football right now: Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr. Transfers, uh, Caleb Williams transfer, Jaden Daniels transfer. Um, but multi-year transfer. Multi-year. I'm
1: talking about something different here with the one one-year well, guy we're talking about. But you about still now.
0: have the one-year guys though. Max Johnson's headed to North Carolina now. And Max Johnson. It'll
1: be his third school.
0: But right. But I mean, he's he's not at that tier. But could he be better than what he is if he's developed in one spot? And some of this is just, I think the universities eat their own. You know, conferences eat their own fan bases. Well, they want guys out in two and a half years? I, I mean, there's a lot of different you know, issues right now. The answer is yes. I mean, Quarterbacks the would be is developed the better the if they stayed one place that with, had good with, coaching. With the same – with continuity. Yeah,
1: it's what Tom Brady said. He said, I, I was in a program at Michigan. We developed players, we developed quarterback, and you stayed. Everyone stayed together, and you stayed with it, and you were developed in a certain system, and it felt like an NFL franchise. When he was admitted, you don't have that anymore. You've I- got year to year propositions with college uh, pro. There are programs out there. It's not everyone, but a lot of them. And I think Hutton part of it is they're kind of forced to do it because they're losing so many guys in the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, I look at what Clark Lee's trying to do right down the road at Vanderbilt. He can't develop this program right now because his best players are leaving. They lost both quarterbacks. They lost Ray Davis a year ago. So if you're going to find these diamonds in the rough, which they've done a pretty good job of, once they get good and everyone in the SEC can see them, they're going to come after them yep. and pay them more money. That's the, that's the uphill fight for a
0: program but, like Vandy. And then you have guys who will go and be third string in a transfer portal with the Rebels at Ole Miss. Uh, that that, know that makes I mean? no sense to me. Same. Look at a depth chart. Tyler Van Dyke at Miami. He's, he's headed out. Staying in college. Well, Riley Leonard, already multiple reports that he is going to Notre Dame,
1: that that is the front runner. That's the only one he's talking to. The NC
0: State quarterback who tapped out and said, I need to get ready for the portal. You know? Yeah, that was a weird one. Examples everywhere. I just don't... MJ Morris, I think is his name. Yeah. Makes me respect Drake May more.
1: Yeah, Drake May, who turned down, what was the report? Two and a half, three million? Yeah. To go to an SEC school, which everyone immediately said was Georgia or Bama. Get two SEC offers. But that, those
0: are the teams yeah. with the money. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Good for him for sticking around.
0: Yeah. Now Max Johnson will replace him.
1: Yeah. And now he'll sit out the Gator Bowl. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, I, look, I love it, but like wow. it didn't didn't work out great for the team. You know what? But it's worked out fine for Drake. Manning. Who knows?
0: Maybe the, there, there'll be a, a version of the Gator Bowl that gets in the rotation for the college football playoff next year. Could be. And then he's not going to sit out that game.
1: Could be in a 12-team playoff. Hopefully, soon enough.
0: Hopefully. Join us tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern. Hop by with Honey Withrow across the Outkick Network.